This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome back to the Richard Blackbee Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam. I'm your host, and I'm joined as always by Richard. Good to be with you again, Sam. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Richard. <laughs> you've uh, you've uh, had some some appliance troubles this oh, week, and uh, you know we're. We're screeching in here, trying to record a podcast. I had a dishwasher that uh, overflowed uh, over my hardwood floor and Yikes. soaked down into my office down in the basement and through the tiles and just, uh, the, you know, it never happens at a good time. No, I find that uh, catastrophe never strikes <laughs> when when you're prepared for it. Yeah. And, and that's, I know that's I made We may need to do a podcast on the joy of the Lord in all all <laughs> seasons or something soon here. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just get it off your chest there, Richard, you know, just, you'll feel better. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Well, uh, this week, um, I, you know, I <clears throat> want to do something a little bit different. Uh, we've spoken on this podcast quite often about uh, books. Mm-hmm. We even have a segment, a recurring segment on book reviews that we do. Mm-hmm. You you write book reviews, uh, richardblackaby.com that we've uh, pointed people to. And every time we do a biography uh, on a world leader, um, it's always coming from a book. And uh, you are a huge proponent of books. You read uh, <laughs> uh, voraciously, I would say. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I want to talk about reading and not just why you should read, but but perhaps what are your strategies for reading? And so let's start, though, with uh, why do you think it's important as a leader to be a reader? Well, you know, leaders back in the day, uh, in, say, Middle Ages or earlier, if you were a leader, you had to be good at riding a horse and wielding a sword, and you, you needed a lot of the physical stuff yeah, but but uh and and that was all important but of course things have changed a bit now you don't necessarily yeah. have to be able to cut someone's head off to be a good leader but um but you've Thankfully. always <laughs> yeah but uh you've always had to be able to think and there is such a thing as thought leadership uh yeah and where you're you're addressing a problem and you're you're looking at it you're thinking about it and you're coming up with solutions and so uh, to be able to use your brain, uh, to be able to think and, and think toward the future. You know, some people are just kind of worker bees. Like, they're, they don't want to think about the future. don't want to solve a problem. They just, just tell me what I'm, you want me to do. And yeah. let me put in my time and I'll go home. And, and that's fine if that's your vision for your life. But uh, the leader is expected to do more. They, yeah. They've got to think uh, ahead. They've got, they got to think not just about what works today, but what will be work be effective tomorrow, and uh, where are we headed? Are we headed in the right direction? And a lot of issues. And so, you've got to be you've got to be filling your brain with stuff. Uh, we don't really create out of a void. Right. Uh, we we create using the the, the pieces that uh, we've we've accumulated. Whether you know so. If you're an artist, a writer, whatever you are, you're pulling from everything that you've learned and seen. And that's why they say if you're a writer, you need to travel, you need to have diverse experiences, yeah. you need to be exposed to different ideas. And I think the same is true uh, for leadership. You, uh, Whenever you face a new problem in your organization, uh, you've got to be pulling, so what What have I seen, what have I heard, what are the different approaches to sol- problem solving that I'm aware of? And so, you know, that comes a lot from reading. Certainly you can go to seminars, you can watch YouTube now and other things as well. 
But um, reading puts you around the greatest minds in history. Hmm. And so you can read uh, from Alexander the Great, from Caesar, from, uh, you know, the Duke of Wellington or whoever you want. Uh, and, and especially those who thought and put their thoughts down on paper. Uh, now you get next to those people as well. And so as a leader, uh, when I was a pastor, I loved just to read about the, the thoughts of other great pastors who had come into a city and maybe taken a struggling church and then they just trusted God. They took some steps and all of a sudden their church is the most exciting church in the whole city. And yeah. or they turned a business around. And I love just reading, and not that you're going to copy everything they did, but um, but you can learn so much uh, of how other people faced problems and they turned things around or saw the possibilities. And so that's why you, I think leaders need to read because they're filling their mind with tools and bits and pieces that they can formulate into solutions for their own organization. And uh, so if, if you just, you only know so much and you're not adding anything to what you know, then uh, as life gets more complex, the world has new problems you've never faced before. Mm -hmm. You've just got the same material to keep coming up with uh, new answers all the time. Right. And so I feel like you, you just have to keep on thinking and growing. And uh, if you're not growing, it's really hard for your organization to grow. And yeah. so reading means you're, you're growing. You're adding constantly to your repertoire and resources. And so, you, you know, you, you owe it to your people and your organization to read and to grow. Yeah, no, and I, I would agree. So we see the importance of reading. Um, I, I think anyone, I, I don't think anyone disagrees with that. I, you know, I think most people would say, yeah, it's important to read. A lot of people don't make it a priority. Um, but uh, so when you do read, though, um, from from your experience, how, how do you read and, and read in a way that, that you, you come away with something and it's not just a, a check, you know, check in the box of, like, okay, I, oh yeah, I read that book. Oh, I read that book. Yeah. But, but you comprehend, you think critically about it. Um, what are some of the tools, uh, the techniques that you employ to, to make sure that you're actually getting something out of what you're reading and not just sort of, okay, yeah, it's on the shelf and, and I can say that I've read that latest book or whatever. Like, are you taking notes? Are you writing in the margins? I mean, we've mentioned that you do write reviews, but but what are some other things that, that, that you do um, to make sure that you're actually grasping what's being uh, read? Well, uh, you know, several things, Sam, to say about that. One is I, I am a bit old school. I just put that up there, full disclosure. <laughs> I, I, I have an iPad. I, I could read digital books more than I do. Um, but, and so I would say there's, there's, you know, maybe three primary ways that you're going to tackle a book today. One is you just get the old fashioned paper, paper book yeah. and, uh, open the pages and start reading. And I, and I'll just tell you, that's still my preference. And, yeah. uh, and I've got, I just have the luxury of a, a big office space in my house uh, basement that is, where I can put a lot of bookshelves. And so I can, I've got the room to, to keep reading that way and storing my books, uh, I know people that I've got a good friend that uh, r will read paper books often and then sell some, you know, uh, with Amazon Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace, whatever. And they'll, so he just kind of brings it in and sometimes buys it used, reads it, and then sells it again uh, if he doesn't have a lot of space for it. You can certainly read digitally. And there are, you know, in the, in the early days of Kindle and some of those things, 
you didn't. It was much harder to underline and you know, right. pa- and highlight passages and so on. And so, so I I didn't want to use that then because uh, if I'm going to read a book, I want to capture great quotes and I want to be able to reference things and go back to it later. Now they've got a lot of tools and you can highlight uh, the the screen as you if you see a sentence you want to remember and. And uh, you can then download that on your computer and and uh, print it off and and so it and, and you know there are the advantage of you can do word searches uh, so it's like I remember there's a story about Churchill in that book I'll just I'll just go yeah. search the word Churchill and it'll bring me right to it you know so there's some certainly some tools now that make digital reading yeah it's better. come a long way I and you know if you have a limited space or you know if you're taking your iPad with you and you you've got access to your whole library basically right. uh, everywhere you go so for me when I'm writing uh, and I'm going to go away somewhere to the beach for a week to write I've got to basically get a duffel bag of books I'm going to be referencing or researching or reading yeah. and haul all those with me. And, and so it's a lot more cumbersome than grabbing your iPad. Sure, um, sure. And so that's certainly the where things are going. And then there's also just audio books. Yeah. Uh, and I already, my wife and I are planning to go down to uh, Hilton Head uh, uh, here in a little bit. And and so I said to her, you your job is to find a good audio book for us to listen to. But, yeah. but I'll, I'll tell you, Audiobooks are are for me. It's really more for light reading or things I don't think I'm going to be referencing a lot. I don't because yeah. it it probably more fiction. Yeah, uh, you know, th- yeah, that's an intro. It's a book I kind of wanted to be familiar with, but I'm probably not going to be um, citing somewhere. But but you know, even even with fiction, the kind of writing I do, uh, I might want to cite something from. David Copperfield or Tale of Two Cities or sure. you know, classic literature. Um, and so even then, even when I'm reading from those kind of books, I, I tend to want to have a pen in, in, in my hand. And, and so when I, but however you do it, um, the key I think is, uh, is uh, writing, reading in a way that you can uh, recall important stuff that you read. And especially if you're any kind of uh, public speaker or you're a writer uh, if you've got to get up in front of people and make presentations, then uh, you want to you want to just capture as many illustrations and examples and relevant statistics as you can. And so, don't waste a read. You know, when I'm reading a nine hundred thousand page book, um, you if you're going to read through all that, you're going to come across some great stories and illustrations, and they're oftentimes they're buried in the midst of this book, and yeah. you. you and for me, it's almost like discovering gold. You know, you're reading away in this book, and all of a sudden, there's this great illustration, and uh, it's like, wow, I've never, I, you know, of all the talks I've ever heard about this guy, I've never read this story about him before. Mm-hmm. That, I, that, that's something I could use in a talk somewhere. And um, and so I, when when I'm reading, I'm I'm underlining uh, sentences or words that I think are key for me to remember. Of course, there's a lot of folks that are. And probably, you know, they're they're probably right, and I'm wrong. But uh, 
their whole thought is about resale. You know, it's like, okay, if I sell this book later, but I don't want it all marked up because then it takes the value away. But (laughs) I'm not thinking that way, which uh, probably I don't know. Have you ever sold one of your books? Actually, no, uh, no, because if it's uh, (laughs) if it's one that I think would be worthy of selling, then I want to keep it. If if I'm willing to get rid of it, it's probably not worth. It's just different philosophies. Yeah, I I have (laughs) given away some. Uh, fluff books that most most of those were ones that were given to me that uh, I yeah. d- decided I didn't need and were taking up space. But but so I've got sort of a, t- a tier that I use uh, in highlighting books. Uh, I'll underline key phrases. Uh, I'm, I may make just a little check on the in the margin that says, "Hey, there's a you know a, a little more significant point here." Uh, I'll um, if it's a really good point. I usually put a, a Q, which just means quote, uh, and so it just tells me this is a quote I need to, to pull out and I'll be able to use it somewhere. Uh, and then when I get through the whole book, uh, and this is a little tedious, uh, especially when you're doing it the old school way instead of with a Kindle, but uh, then I'll get a, a notepad and I'll go back and uh, I'll just kind of quickly skim through and, and anywhere where I see a key quote or statistic or something, I'll just put the page number and and maybe not write the whole thing out, but just alert myself. Here's that great Churchill quote on whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. and and, uh, and sometimes I'll, if it's a great quote, I may just write it all out because it's just so good. Uh, but I'll go through the whole uh, book. And I mean, if it's a thousand page book, I may have six, seven pages of notes mm. uh, summarizing it. And then I just, uh, and a lot of times now I'll, I'll write a, a book review on the book and uh, post that on my blog site. But, uh, and so I may print that book review off as well and stick it in the book and stick my notes in the book. So later when I'm putting a talk, like I was doing a talk on leadership the other day and I was thinking about an incident in uh, George Washington's life where he came upon a battle and basically people were demoralized and retreating and he rode up on his horse and waved his hat and said, you know, follow me and we'll, we'll have the enemy in no time kind of thing. And so he, I I remembered that I remembered reading the story. Of course, I don't remember. I I mean, I, I I know it's somewhere in that biography. So I pulled that off and I, I know generally around the time frame it was in the revolutionary war. So I, but then, you know, you pull out your book, your little notepad and sure enough, I've got a story there. It was just kind of the, the beginning of that quote. And so I flip over to that page and sure enough, there it is, you know. And so yeah. you, you want to, and I'll be honest with you, I hear a lot of, and I hear a lot of pastors that uh, when they're preaching, they're, they don't have a lot of illustrations or they maybe are using the same stories over and over again. And, and what that tells me is, Boy, th- those people need to be reading, and they need to be capturing quotes and stories. Um, yeah, and d- just you just need to build a reservoir of illustrations uh, that that, uh, and you know sometimes I'll kind of highlight to say, well, this is a great quote for family. Maybe it's a story about a dad. He was, here he was a famous general, but he took time to look out for his son. You know, yeah. uh, and uh, is, I remember there's a great story just about that about Dwight Eisenhower one time his son was uh, was a lowly uh, officer, like the lowest level officer in the army you could be. And his dad, of course, is the highest level officer. So they'd be walking together. He'd be walking with his dad. And of course, everybody was saluting because Eisenhower was, the, nobody was higher than him. And the, the, the son said something about, well, this is awkward. How do we work this out? He said, where 
people are saluting, but I've got you know people that officers that are higher than me saluting, but they're lower than you. And 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 basically that's what Eisenhower said. He said, "Son, there's no one we're going to meet who's over me, and no one we're going to meet who's under you." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to say, but you get to hang out with him because he's your dad, you know. So yeah. So you know you come across a story like that, and you think, oh, I'll, I'll, Father's Day or you know yeah. sermons on leadership in the home would be. So you, I'll sometimes sort of tag those so that it just cues me in. If I'm yeah. giving a talk and uh, I'm, you know, so now it's certainly digitally is going to be in the long run better. You can kind of do word searches and uh, have a lot more tools for that. But, but the key is uh, if you're any kind of communicator of any kind, verbally or, yeah. or written, uh, you you just owe it to your folks. And, I, and I've got lots of people, like if I give a talk and I give an example, for like say like that Eisenhower one or something, yeah. I'll, I'll always have people come up afterward and say, I just love those stories from history. You know, I, I, yeah. they'll say, I've, I've read, I've had people say, I've read, you know, two books on Churchill, but I never heard that story before. You know, I'll say, oh, well, you know, that's in Manchester's book, you know, if you got that. <laughs> and, um, and so there's people who love that because it's, it, not only does it make a good point, uh, it, it, not only does it keep your interest, but it's it's interesting. You you learn something yeah. about history, you know. So well, and 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 we know from from just I guess you say human psychology and our makeup is that we tend to gravitate to story. We yeah. relate in story, and yeah. when you can can bring story to bear on your leadership, uh, that is a lot more memorable uh, when you're giving speeches or if you're having to communicate. Um, to people, but you know, and I, I would say not everyone is a, that listens is a traveling public speaker yeah. uh, like yourself. And so, uh, but what, what I, what I wanted to do, uh, with today's episode is, is just get your, um, pick your brain, uh, about how you, you tackle these books and, and, and certainly perhaps not everything, um, that you do, it, you know, our listeners are going to uh, replicate. I certainly uh, don't, and perhaps I should um, uh, be a bit more thorough in my note taking. Uh, but but I want I want people to to see how you read books, and I think there's a lot that can be learned. Um, and and we'll and we'll pick this up uh, after the break. Um, but uh, we've got a few more uh, ways I think that that we can sort of pick your brain to to understand and to to be to become better. Uh, readers uh, in leadership positions. So let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll finish up. Twice a year, Blackaby Ministries hosts a spiritual leadership coaching workshop in the Atlanta area. The focus of this workshop is learning how to ask the right questions to help move people onto God's agenda. The next workshop is October 26th and 28th, and registration is open now. The early bird rate is available until September 26th, and space is limited. To find out more and to register, visit blackabycoaching.org. Links will be in the show notes. Well, Richard, uh, you've you've read a lot and you've written a lot uh, in your in your career, and uh, I love just seeing the way that you read, seeing how you comprehend books, how you think critically about books, the the techniques that you uh, employ. But I want to ask, uh, when you're trying to decide uh, on a book, how do you how do you pick a book to read? Yeah, great question. I I try to I I think in the earlier days, I think I just took a book and just read straight through it and then got another book. Um maybe as I'm getting older, I'm having a harder time focusing, but uh <laughs> I I think now I just I have a lot of interest and so uh there's different kinds of books I want to read. So of course, you know, I love biographies and yeah. for me that's sort of it's fun. For me, biographies are fun reading. 
but also I get lots of stories and examples and for my own material. So I usually have a biography uh, that I'm working on. But then my my subject, I mean, my my area of expertise is leadership. And so uh, typically I've got a book on leadership as well. Um, most of the time I also want to be reading somewhere that is just enriching my, my Christian life, uh, my devotional life. So I want to have something that's just in that devotional realm, making me just think, uh, see things perhaps a little bit differently or deeper. Um, typically I, I like to have at least one just real kind of, for me, fun book, which uh, for, if I'm really going to be just wasteful and extravagant, it's going to be a fiction book. And yeah. for a number of years, I really didn't read much fiction just because I was so I had so much nonfiction I was reading. But now, it, I mean, it might mean that I either read this, it's usually now it's like a classic or something, but uh, uh, I, like I just pulled out Tale of Two Cities the other day and thought, you know, I never actually just read through this and uh, I really should. And so... Uh, and so I'll, I, that, I may take that to the beach with me or, uh, maybe read at the end of the day or, you know, time yeah. where maybe my mind's not as sharp enough to be really capturing tough stuff. And maybe the last category is just, uh, stuff that I may not necessarily agree with, but I want to be informed of. So it might be the writings of an atheist, uh, or it might be the writings of someone that I, a, a church leader that has some, what I consider some heretical or off the wall ideas. But, um, I, and I kind of, one of my categories is, uh, I, I have a number of friends that will say to me, Richard, I've been reading this book and it's really troubling me. I, it's really popular. Everybody's talking about it, but I just think there's something not right about it, but I'm not, I'm not sure I can put my finger on it. Uh, yeah. could, could you look at it? And I just can't do that for everybody. I and mean, that's partly why I have the blog site where I try to uh, write reviews, uh, to be helpful to people. But, uh, but during the COVID season, I think I've read three or four books that basically because I'm trying to help someone else yeah, out. You that, probably wouldn't have other, <coughs> otherwise read. Yeah. But if it's, if it's influential in a negative way, uh, I want to be informed, you know, a lot of times people will, will condemn somebody, uh, and they, but they've never actually read the book, you know? Yeah. So like, uh, I remember several years ago, the book, uh, the shack was, a uh, was wildly popular, yeah. but there were people that just totally discounted it, but they'd never read it. And I, I'm not saying you have to read every book that you disagree with either, but, sure. uh, but ones that are really exerting an influence and people will say, yeah, but that book really blessed me. Or I know someone who got saved reading that book. Uh, and so there are times where I'll just read a book because it has had great influence and I want to just be informed of what it says and yeah. also be able to point people to where it, it, uh, you know, takes the wrong turn somewhere along the way. So, uh, so yeah, that, so that I try to spread it around yeah. and sometimes it's just a matter of where I'm at. If it's at the end of the day, I, maybe I just, I kind of know, I just don't have the bandwidth at this point to read real heavy slugging kind of stuff. And so I'll look over on my desk and I've got five different genres of books and I'm, I sort of estimate, what do I, have the capacity to be reading right now. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, let me just go for that right now. And just, uh, so I don't waste this time, but I don't take on something that's more than I can process. And yeah, well, you know, and you're real, you're real plugged into, to reading and you have a lot of people around you as well that, that are reading and they're maybe recommending books. Like you have, yeah. a, you work with a lot of leaders and they say, Oh, you know, you read this or they'll even send you a book to, 
uh, that, that's, you know, that's making the rounds. Uh, for people who maybe aren't as plugged in, um, how would, how would you encourage them to, to kind of start that, that journey of, of reading what's, what's good now, maybe some of the classics, uh, yeah. maybe they don't have, they, they don't have a circle of friends that are, are big readers and, and, uh, they, they're not really sure where to even start. Yeah. How would you direct someone? Well, you know, I've actually been pleased, uh, Sam, how many people have, uh, uh, that I've come across who've listened to this podcast and have, have picked up biographies that we highlighted. Yeah. And after they heard uh, about certain people, they thought, wow, I'd, I, he really sounds interesting. I'd like to read about him. And so, uh, you know, you can listen to podcasts like this or you can read like my blog, my, uh, my blog site. Yeah. Um, I review books and I, I mean, it could be a spoiler alert cause I highlight, uh, you know, a lot of the, the best stuff or quotes that the I, plot twists. I thought, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, books are, can be expensive and, and they take time. And so you don't want to get into a thousand page book and realize, uh, oh, I, this is not for me. Uh, and so, you know, it doesn't hurt to read if you know people, like if, if you resonate with me and like a lot of my opinions and perspectives, th- then more than likely we may like a lot of the same kind of books. So, yeah. so if you like, uh, if you, if you trust kind of where I'm coming from, uh, then read my stuff. And, uh, and I try to rate when I do a book review out of a scale of one to five and I've almost never given anything a five r- very rarely. If I do, it's like, just go out and buy that immediately and yeah. read it. <laughs> uh, I've given some fours, uh, and then there's some, I'll just give a one and say, you know, I read it. I'm, I'm familiar with it now, but I wouldn't, if you've got limited time and money, I wouldn't waste it on that book. And yeah. so, you know, that kind of, there, there's, there's resources like that out there. And I, and of course I'm always asking people, I'm around a bunch of CEOs that are big into leadership and business leadership and uh, a lot of great pastors and they'll they'll just say hey Richard you got to read this it turned my world upside down it's the best I've ever read on this subject and so as you know I've got a a couple shelves in my office of just books on deck uh, and that that have been recommended to me and so I'll sort of try to work through those I keep adding more to the to the pile and the books keep getting sort of shoved back further or in different order but um, but I'm trying to, I, I want to be a thought leader and, and, you know, for my kids, when my kids were going through their PhD studies, they'd come across some challenging books and they'd say, dad, I'd really like to know what you think about this book. And there were times it really stretched me, you know, yeah. it wasn't my field, but, um, but it was something my kids were going through and I wanted to be able to at least have a discussion with them. And so mm-hmm. I'll force myself to read some books that for me are not easy. And I'm having to look stuff up in the dictionary and, yeah. you know, whatever else. But, uh, uh, so I've, i you kind of keep the range there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, so I guess that, that begs the question you've, you've mentioned, you've given some books of one star, yeah. uh, rating. And, uh, so when you, when you get a book that you don't like, or you start reading a book that you just totally disagree with, uh, should you just stop reading it? Like, how do you approach that? Yeah, I, you know, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm a little obsessive compulsive. And yeah. so yeah, I, uh, I doubt you've quit many books. No, I, I, I haven't. I, there's times I've tried to f- speed read to get to the end. I'm, yeah. I'm a guy, most books I'll, I'll, but I don't necessarily recommend that. I, I admit yeah. that that's just an issue that I need psychological <laughs> help with, but, uh, no, I think you should read far, for, far enough in that, uh, you really get a, the gist of what this person's trying to say. And there are some books that, honestly, after you've read two or three chapters, you you get their point. You know, yeah. they, they have one point, 
and they're stretching that point over over a whole yeah. book. And you've you've got they've laid it out. They've given you their definition. They've given you their main argument. Now it's just a bunch of illustrations and uh, you know peripheral information that's not really going to help you. That you got the point. Yeah. And so you know, really fundamentally, I would say at that point you can just cut your losses and say, okay, I get it, and yeah. I can put this book down. And maybe it's, you know, for that one point, it's, it's worth it. And that, that's why a lot of times when someone says, well, do you have some books you'd recommend it? A lot of times I'll feel like, well, you know, th- that book was really good for this point. Uh, if yeah. you just read the first chapter of that book, it's, it's great. And then, you know, that's all you need to read. And so I, it's almost like, well, I can't really recommend the whole book, but, um, he but makes for a this good point, point in chapter two. Uh, yeah, so uh, so I would encourage you, you know, don't get bogged down. Like, as I've known, some, like I tell you what, I took about two or three runs at the Brothers Karazimov. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. it's a classic. It, uh, I, I felt like I should read it, but uh, a couple times earlier in my career, I just just got too busy. I had too many other books to read, and I would start into it. And of course, I'm underlining stuff and. So it's a thousand page book to begin with. And then I'm underlining and reading carefully. And so, uh, but I finally thought I'm just pushing through and I'm going to read this thing. And so I did, I finished it all. And, but, uh, there's some books worth doing that uh, for and, you know, don't get discouraged. But, uh, but if you get, if you get just overwhelmed and it's just sitting there week after week and you're not reading anything, then maybe change it up. Don't get bogged down. Yeah. Maybe you pick up a 110-page uh, book that is just has one key refreshing point. It makes it and, it and it exits the scene, and just read that. So you're you you got your brain working and you're learning something new. Yeah. So I guess uh, as we wind down here, what uh, books for you uh, really got you excited about reading? Let's let's go way back. What really got you into well, uh, you know, I, I loved, earlier on, I loved historic uh, fiction. And when I was in high school and even before that. I, I could see that. Books that were not, they weren't real characters, but they were based in a time that was real. And, yeah. you know, a war that really happened. And, uh, you know, all the events are true to life. And uh, so I felt like I was learning. I was just dropping into the Wild West and. Uh, you know, this guy never actually existed, but he's a compilation of right. people that did. And, and I remember just as a kid, it just being swept up into these worlds and these times and these places and, mm. uh, and, and learning at the same time. And I remember in uh, about the 11th grade, I was, there was a couple of guys that were historic fiction writers and, uh, and they would, they would, uh, it would always be based on a real event that took place in a world war or something, but and so you'd be learning all about real spy agencies or real bombs that were really invented or whatever. But um, And I remember my social studies teacher, I'd come into class with the, those books, and he loved them too. And so he and I'd be hmm. talking away about these history, because it just made you love history. Yeah. And, so, uh, and then when I got into my professional career, I remember reading, uh, I think it was John Maxwell's book, Developing the Leader Within You. Which was, and also I read uh, Oswald Saunders' book, Spiritual Leadership. And uh, I think those two books really got me turned on to leadership. And yeah. all of a sudden I realized, like I knew I needed to be a better leader, but uh, when I read those books and it just gave you this, a lot of just real practical things to think about that I just realized, wow, like, you know, if I, if I just read books like this, I, I could pick up so much that would yeah. make my leadership better and 
more effective. And so, you know, I've, I've read a number of, I mean, Maxwell's got so many books out there. Yeah. Uh, but early on, uh, you know, w- w- that book, I think in particular, got me really going. And then I just began, and then I just would, uh, I, I'd be reading one leadership book and they would highly recommend some other leadership book. And so I'd order that and I'd read it next. And I just sort of led me to eventually just kind of cover the waterfront of yeah. great leadership books. And same with biographies. Uh, you know, I, I think we highlighted recently the biography by Pollock on D.L. Moody. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a biography on Spurgeon I read, of course, uh, Manchester's uh, biography on Churchill, some of those kind of books that you, the, the, the writer just has a way of uh, not just telling you what happened, but just pulling you right into their life and uh, where you just, you know, you see their foibles and you see their weaknesses, but you also are just delighted with who they are as people yeah. and, and they're, they're real. But then you see the incredible things they did. And so that got me into just loving reading biographies. And, uh, and so for me, it's, there's this, this huge world of great stories and people to get to know. And, uh, so find, you know, if you got bogged down by, I, I see people sometimes who, who tried to tackle a book and I'll look at that book and say, Oh, that is a tedious, <laughs> long, boring. There, there's some, some historians who are historians in the worst sense of the word they just they they just take delight in all these dry documents and and long discussions that aren't interesting and if you happen to get one of those books uh it's going to just wear you out and you're never going to want to read again but but there are some books that just grip you and engage you and are well written and keep you on the edge of your seat and get a couple of those books and read those and you'll be hooked and yeah you know, you'll just keep looking for, and there's some authors that are just always good. So whenever you see, oh, so-and-so's got a new book out, I'll, I'm just going to, I'll get it. I know it'll be good. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that's also a great way, but to get, so, get started because it's, uh, yeah. you, there's so much that you, you could be refreshed and uh, your thinking could be expanded and enriched and, and it's just going to be a blessing to everybody around you as uh, you grow and as you learn. So I imagine someone like you doesn't have a favorite no, it's like saying, what are your, what's your favorite child? Yeah. It's like, uh, it, there's so many different genres. Uh, you know, if you're talking about a leadership book, well, there's several that I maybe would be in my top uh, if you, biographies. It's there's some fiction. Yeah. It's, you know, so I, uh, and well, in different I w- seasons. I won't make you, I won't make you. Uh, yeah, I'd feel like one. I'd be show I'd be hurting the feelings of all my other books if I were to do that. Well this is this has really been a treat and it's it's been delightful to to just see uh just just the the benefits and the power of reading and, and you know something that I I was thinking about as you were talking is uh just this this act of writing a book review mm-hmm. and, and and I think you know more you know leaders church leaders pastors um maybe you maybe you don't want to publish a book review um, but I think there's something extremely powerful about at least emailing a book review of a book that you're reading to your staff and saying, mm-hmm. hey, I've read this book. This is what I think about it. Yeah. Um, I think that can be so um, just powerful in the life of those that you lead. And th- it, it's a window into how you think. It's a window in uh, just an opening in how you can relate to, to your boss. Um, and so I think uh, I, w- I would really encourage those in leadership, whether it's in the church or in business, uh, at the very least, just to start, uh, you know, summarizing some books and, yeah. and getting those out to your people. Well, I, think. I think, you know, just anytime you read a book, before you just put it on a 
your shelf or you put up for sale, you should just ask yourself, so what are my takeaways? Yeah. Uh, what were the takeaways here? Is there one quote that is just worth the, the read of the book or is there a, three things I learned that I, are real helpful and I could summarize all that. And so someone asked me later, would, uh, hey, someone recommended this book. What do you think? Well, you know, here's the three things I got from that book. And maybe a person doesn't even need to read it all. They can, you know, really get a lot from your, your book review. But yeah, and I know some guys who just do book reviews and just, they just, if you want to get it, I'll be glad to let you know what I'm reading. You can glance over it, maybe grab a great quote uh, out of it and, and move on. Yeah. So yeah, there's lots you can do with that. Well, this has been great. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.